I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. So, dear listener, I'm making this podcast from a little seat <laughs> that I've made on a sandstone rock, a rock that's ancient beyond reckoning and is here on the eastern edge of Australia. And people often think of Australia and New Zealand sort of in one breath, but um, what I've learned geologically is that Australia and New Zealand actually are very different. And the reason is because years and years and eons ago, New Zealand drifted down from Polynesia and Australia actually broke off from the eastern part of Africa. So Australia is purported to be the oldest continent on the face of the planet. And its flora and fauna are very different from New Zealand because they really originated from different places on the face of the earth so many years ago. So I'm living here now in Australia, and I walked up towards a cliff, and I have to say that I'm a little bit motivated to get myself into a bit better shape, um, partly because... I've just turned a major birthday, and I think these things are actually increasingly important to work one's heart, to work one's body, and to stay fit. And uh, I also received a little encouragement (laughs) in the form of a question from the man whom I love, and he asked me, would I be interested in climbing a particular mountain, not here in Australia, but in the Adirondacks of northern New York State, a mountain called Mount Marcy. And just to say that I know that area quite well because my daddy lived there for many, many, many years, and I climbed around some of that, some of those peaks, the high peaks. I figured if I was actually going to take up that challenge and and do it with him, which would be a pretty awesome thing, I would actually have to start to get into shape. So it's a little trickier to do that in Australia just from the point of view that there's really no big mountains here. For example, in the States we have the Adirondacks, the tallest peak is about a mile high. There's really nothing in in Australia like that. You have the Rockies, which are even really considerably higher than that. But again, Australia is, is the oldest continent on Earth, and it's been worn down over untold numbers of years, worn down, worn down, worn down. So there's really not... They're not the mountain ranges that there are that you find in other parts of the world, like in Tibet, northern India, the United States, Switzerland, etc. So, but here, there's still an extraordinary landscape, and that's what I think in some subconscious way I felt from the moment I stepped foot off a plane when I first landed here in 1983 and ended up living in Australia for about six years. You might hear people in the background. I'm, I'm actually sitting on a rock just adjacent to a little footpath, a little trail that goes up to a cliff. So you'll hear people going by. They're hiking, exercising their hearts too. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up moving 
having lived in Australia for about six years in the 80s, I ended up moving back here two years ago, really with the intent to create a home. And I live in a very beautiful place, as you probably know if you've listened to these podcasts, overlooking the vast Pacific. I was sitting on my favorite bench, oh, maybe it was a year ago. It's where I often make these podcasts. And after about five or ten minutes, you know, I was watching the ocean. It was very beautiful. A young man kind of appeared. It was interesting. Sometimes this kind of thing happens where somebody seems to sort of materialize (laughs) in your midst. And there's a feeling about it that's a little bit uncanny. That was the feeling of this encounter. So... And I looked at him for a moment, and what struck me about him was that he had these piercing green eyes. I mean, piercing, deep green eyes. And we struck up a bit of a conversation, and I asked him what he did and so on, and he said, well, I'm actually interested in horticulture. I like plants. In fact, I love plants. And I told him that I'd moved here, you know, maybe like at that point it was about a year ago. And he said, well, you know, this is a very special place. And I said, well, yeah, I, I feel that. That's that's something that, that I feel living here now is that this is really quite an extraordinarily beautiful place. And he said, no, he said, this is a really special place. And then I kind of stopped, dear listener, to let in and inquire and find out what made him say that. And he said to me, he said, see that cliff up there? And from where we were sitting, we could see this huge outcropping, one, you know, one of the major landmarks of this area. It's a big cliff that juts out and offers this magnificent view of, of the ocean. And he said, you see that cliff up there? He said, that cliff is connected to the center of Australia, to Uluru. And Uluru is what people may know as Ayers Rock. Uluru is the original name, the name given by the first people who occupied this country and still occupy it. So this young man said to me, he said, well, you know, that cliff up there, and I was looking at it more intently, he said, that cliff is connected by a sort of deep energetic line. And I don't even know if he said energetic, but it was as if there was a kind of line connecting in the deep in the earth, connecting this cliff that I see every day to the very center of Australia, the red center, to Uluru, to that monolith, which is one of the world's wonders, natural wonders, and something that has been central to um, the first peoples of this, of this land and also to Australians who made their way later, including myself. So I asked him more about that, and he said, yeah, he said, there's something really, really special about this area. It's connected to the center of this continent in this incredible way. And I couldn't help but think, dear listener, if what he was referring to is something that the aboriginal, the first peoples of this land call the song lines. And I can't pretend to to be able to really tell you all that there is to say about this notion, this this reality, this phenomenon, this central concept, the central thing in 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 Aboriginal first you know the first people of this land, the Aboriginal uh, culture. Um, 
you know, what they call the song lines. But the song lines are a expression of presence, of connectedness, and of something which is deeply in- interactive with humans. I will always remember listening to um, an interview with an Aboriginal man, young man, and him saying uh, he was at a conference where there were other elders, elder Aboriginal uh, men, and he was being interviewed by a journalist, and he said to the journalist, do you see those men over there in the corner? You see those men over there? And the journalist said yes, and he said, well, I'll tell you what they're doing. They're actually singing lines of connection into existence between where we are here and the very northernmost part of Australia. So we would be talking about something like 2,500 or 3,000 miles away. They're actually singing lines of connectedness. They're singing the song lines into existence between where we are here in the southern part of Australia and the northern part of Australia, which is where they're from. They're singing those lines into existence. His name, this, this man that was, was uh, relaying this, is named Yeshua Bolton. And I was very, very, very struck by his description of, of that as it was happening. So these song lines, dear listener, are profoundly um, resonant in, and I mean that figuratively and literally, in, in Aboriginal culture and have made their way in some way, shape, or form a little bit into uh, into white culture here. I certainly have heard of them. There was a famous book, that's a yellow-crested cockatoo. They have to be some of the lo- loudest birds on the face of the planet, but anyway, one was flying over. So, I remember first hearing the the term song lines by in a, as the title of a book by a man named Bruce Chatwin and um back in the 70s I think he wrote that. So I had heard that term before but you see it's actually coming into a kind of reality for me that I didn't have any direct sort of relationship or connection to it just intrigued me prior to this but when I saw this man sitting on the bench and him saying you know this place is very special where you live because there's a line connecting that cliff right there right there nearby to the center of Australia I was really really intrigued and on some deep intuitive deeply intuitive level I sensed that he was right that he was right that there was so it brought the whole feeling of the rocks of this place into my consciousness and conscious awareness in a way that they weren't before. I mean, I think on some, again, subconscious or unconscious subliminal level, uh, it's this sense of this this ancient land, this, the ancient rocks, the ancient substratum, substrata of this place that has attracted me from the very beginning because I'll always remember in 1983 January 2nd 1983 having flown across the Pacific and crossing the Dateline and celebrating New Year's twice in the plane a 747 which at that time was only half full doesn't happen much anymore that kind of thing Um, but you know I landed on Australian in Australia for the first time and I always remember stepping foot smelling the smells of the air feeling this, the feeling of the place Tullamarine Airport in Melbourne that's where I lived you know for those six years in Melbourne that's where I landed and I'll always remember feeling something extraordinary so I've been called back 
over and over to this place and then settled here two years ago on the coast in this beautiful location. And so these rocks are really something because while I live in a fairly built-up area, it takes me only five minutes to get to rocky places that are that are wild, that have paths that are just carved into the rock where you can walk and you can climb and you can get up to the cliff that that young man was talking about. And I occasionally do that, and now I also have this sort of secondary incentive to try and get myself in better shape as well, so that's another thing. But in any case, there is a feeling to this place. There's a feeling to these rocks. And when I walk back from the ocean, when I walk back from the bench that I often sit on to make these podcasts, when I walk back from that cliff back home, I walk along a path that that skirts the water. And on the other side of the path are these outcroppings of sandstone rocks that have been sort of carved in some place and it places and others not and you can just walk very very close to these beautiful sandstone rocks and so oftentimes when I am walking there in the later part of the day that rock those rocks have absorbed the energy of the sun over the course of many hours and they're warm and you can feel the emanating warmth of those rocks over as you walk by so The other day I was walking by those rocks on my way home and I felt them call to me. Now, it's a little hard to describe this, dear listener, but I can tell you that what I knew was that I couldn't just keep walking. I actually had to stop. I mean, what I had done really, I I mean, as I was walking by, I actually had to stop. And what I did was I placed my hands on the rocks you know they were right there huge big boulders I placed my hands on the rocks and just to say too you know that in many of the ancient petroglyphs so those are those are ancient rock drawings you will often see the images of people's hands people's hands being placed on those rocks and then outlined and then painted and the hands like marking those rocks with the presence of people and people having been marked no doubt by the presence of those rocks and there they are you know the first humans making their their uh their first drawings you know their first um paintings which some of which have miraculously survived to this day and that we can see those hands are there so I was drawn to place my hands on these rocks just like those ancient peoples did and the warmth of the rocks just permeated my palms and I just kept the, kept my hands there and I was going to continue to walk home but something told me not to continue something felt like it was drawing me you know to stay by those rocks as if there was some message something that wanted to be communicated and I have to tell you dear listener that kind of experience often happens to me. I'll be walking or something, you know, be somewhere and there'll be something, something like some message or some kind of information or something that is endeavoring to transmit itself to me. And I often will be called or pulled to change course, you know, to stop, to to do something that I may not have been planning to do because I feel this kind of pull. So, I'm blessed to be able to navigate a lot of my life in duet with that that feeling, you know, that voice, that call, that, that pull. And oftentimes, 
And I think almost every time something important is um, communicated to me, revealed to me, and uh, and that was the reason, you know, that 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 happened, that I felt that, that felt that feeling. Now, I also want to say that life, modern life, you know, is such education for children. It's, you know, so much of what we experience, work and everything really, you know, makes that kind of thing seemingly impossible. Like we may feel it, but then, you know, something else says, no, you've got to go do this, you've got to go do that or whatever. And um, maybe it was because when I went through such like horrendous circumstances, and I remember coming out here for the first time three years, three and a half years ago, after I left my marriage, and just taking complete time away. And that's when I began to feel, you know, that that call and began to navigate my life by it and it's become frankly a lifesaver so I was standing by the rocks ready to go back and it felt this pull like no no you have to stay you know there's something here there's something here and I was I was thinking okay so and I then sat nearby sat near the rocks and just listened and took out my notebook and just started to write and see is there anything being communicated to me you know is there anything that wants to be said to me and it was as if those rocks started to tell me something incredibly significant and it wasn't like it was exactly words dear listener but it's some combination of words and kinesthetic feeling that's how I sense it it's like some combination of of a kind of message but also a kinesthetic feeling and somehow all of that and maybe other things too maybe a sort of deep inner perception like almost a vision or a, a you know a inner vision or inner image and somehow all of that kind of combines in some mysterious or mystical way to give me the feeling of what it is that's endeavoring to communicate itself to me so I was sitting near those rocks and what I began to feel was their presence in the most powerful and steadfast way and this is going to be hard to kind of describe to you it's going to be hard to describe to you in words what this feeling was and is but there was the sense of these rocks saying to me you see we are here absolutely unchanging absolutely steadfast and that's not even a word that does justice to what was being communicated it was like the sense of a presence you know when people go into meditation and they begin to access the feeling of something which is completely eternal but beyond eternal it's like beyond time space thought concept beyond anything it's just there 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 it was like god the presence of god before the word you know there 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 and then there was the word and it was like that was what was being communicated to me through these rocks my dad always used to say he said you know when the greeks when the greeks um talked you know when they they used the word logos for then there was the word you know then there was the word and the word became this world so something mysterious and mystical and extraordinary and all of that these rocks were communicating to me something so essential that I knew in every cell of my being that nothing could touch it. Nothing could change it. It was there. And that was the quality, the presence, the feeling, the the meaning that was being communicated to me. So I stood there a longer time. And I began to realize that that message was really, really important to me. Because I have to tell you, dear listener, that you know in this day and age we are 
we're bombarded with a lot. A lot's happening, right? A lot's happening. You know, we're aware of so much now because of our infinitely interconnected world, the web, the world wide web. It's a real thing, and we can know about the fires in the Amazon. We can know about the melting glaciers. We can know about why and how the polar bears are struggling and because of all that, how people are struggling, how life on this earth is struggling because of all the changes that are going on. We can know about all these things. We can feel we're a part of it. We can feel that we're not separate from it. We can feel that it's, you know, being knit into our very existence. We wake up with it. We become aware of it first thing, and there you are, you know. You're embedded in a, a very, very, very highly changing world, a world that's now in flux because of us, because of humans. This world is in flux, and that can create anxiety. It can create a lot of a lot of anxiety and fear and, and sense of instability, even a sense, and this is the most, I think, um, unsettling thing, that it can create a sense of powerlessness. Create a sense of powerlessness. Where does one now find power, you know, in a world that is so rapidly changing? They talk about exponential change. The scientists saw this coming way back, right? But now it's actually happening. So how does one find stability? How does one find one's power, okay, in this world now? I was sitting by those rocks, dear listener, and what they were communicating to me was absolute stillness, presence. I'm looking at rocks as I'm telling you right now. That's why I'm standing on some of these beautiful rocks going up to that cliff that that young man told me about. I'm standing on these rocks right now, and I'm looking at them. And even with all these people going by, and again, I hope that it hasn't been too distracting, but these rocks, are they're, they're unchanging. And that was the message that was being given to me just the other afternoon when I was sitting by them as well. It was like they were saying to me, don't worry, you are standing on us you're standing on us and we're here we're not nothing can change what we are the rocks were saying to me nothing can change what we who we are what we are what we are and I mean that in an essential I'm sort of anthropomorphizing this but it was like a feeling of absolute incontrovertible unmitigated, completely potent without, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, power, presence. And they were saying to me, you're here. You're standing on us. You're walking on us every day. Even despite the concrete, you're walking on us. You know, that is absolutely what it is. You're on this continent and you're walking on us. You're on us. We're here. You are you know, we're here. We're here under your feet. We're here under your feet. You know, that was the feeling. That was the message. That was what was being communicated to me. And the feeling that I had to listen to what I'm telling you now is that that goes beyond any, any change, any consternation, any worry, any anxiety. Any of us, no matter where we are, our feet are on the earth. And underneath whatever it is that we're standing on is rock, rock. It's incredible. So maybe, I don't really know, maybe this is what the first people of this nation were picking up. 
You know, they were in duet with this land in just an amazing way and still are many of them just amazing, amazing. That legacy is incredible. You know, it's like picking up on that thread of this duet with this land, this duet with this land for the sake of, 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 of our future. You know, it's like we have to tap that which is eternal and unchanging to help steer a course in a world in flux, find our place, to find our power, to access our power so that we can actually be fully human, fully human, come into our true nature. It's amazing. These rocks play a huge, huge, huge part of it, huge part of it. And that's what I learned the other day, walking by those beautiful sandstone boulders after I placed my hand on those rocks and then felt there was something that needed to be communicated to me, something that wanted to be communicated. That's what I want to share with you now. So, dear listener, thanks for listening, and I wish you abundant, abundant joy and health, happiness, and every blessing. Okay? Bye for now. Bye.